Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We're all set to begin, so let's dive right in to bikers, dice, and bars. Talking bicycles and motorbikes, gamer things and all the like. You can listen to it in your cars, but mostly it's about dive bars. Bikers, dice, and bars. Hey, Poppy, what are you drinking right there? Mm, I'm drinking a nice dark and stormy. Oh, what's that? It is... Two ounces of rum and some lime juice and cock and bowl. Okay. Well, first off, what type of rum? Oh, what type of rum? I am using Captain Morgan's private stock. Is there a particular reason for that? When you were pouring these the other night... I heard someone say something along the lines of, you're using the right rum. I do have a bottle of black rum, of Gosling's black rum, and that is the traditional proper rum to use when you're making a dark and stormy. Yep. You should, ah. be, using, you should be using a black rum is the tr- traditional form for that. Yes. Over rocks in a Collins glass with a lime twist. Yes. But so this is not the traditional. This is not the traditional. I decided to use the the private spot the private Spock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Live long and prosper. <laughs> I decided to use the private stock this evening just to mix it up a little bit. I really like spiced rum. The dark rum is is not bad, but I wanted a little a little to see how this worked with the really strong ginger of the cock and bowl with the spiced rum and see see what what's up and it's spicy. And for listeners who are unaware of what cock and bull is, it is what? Cock and bull is a extra ginger soft drink. It is ginger beer and it is the proper ginger beer to use when you are making a Moscow mule. Correct. <clears throat> really, when it comes to dark and stormies, I'm a big fan of different rums work better with different ginger beers. Um, and so matching your A where the game has not started yet until we announce it on the air. <laughs> oh, listener, you're about to find out what that means. But go on, go on. The so match your rum to the ginger beer or ginger ale you're using. Different ginger ales work better with different rums. Um, uh, there's a there's some really really fine ginger beers out there. Um, Fever Tree is one that I find works best with, like, Appleton Estate and Jamaican rums. Well, we've had Fever Tree for some mixed beverages on mm-hmm. here. I know we have. It's Fever, in our tag cloud. <laughs> Fever Tree does an entire line. Uh, they do tonic. They do soda. They do ginger ale. No, I think they they do a ginger beer. And the they are one of the premium, high-quality, we-use-real-cane-sugar Speaking of premium and high quality, you're listening to Biker's Dice and Bars, recorded here in Portland, Oregon. As usual, I'm NPC. I'm just Jacob. I am Poppy Beaujolais. And unfortunately, Xander can't be here to join us. He had to work tonight at a bar, so that kind of counts. You know, yeah. he's with us in spirit. Doing the Lord's work. And I think that might be one of the first segues I've done that actually spun us in a positive light. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Usually it's like, you know, dirty and disgusting. Speaking of dirty and disgusting or something. Correct. <laughs> Speaking of things that are sour and unappealing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, over here, I'm sitting drinking Lone Birch 2018 Yakima Valley Red Blend. It is a wine that we got from the mom and pop wine shop. That is, and this wine is, well, it's Yakima Valley. LoneBirchWines.com. We frequently refer to it as solitary bitch because (laughs) I misread the label one night. Lone bitch. Yeah. Well, we got some very exciting news about Mom and Pop Wine Shop recently. Do we? We did. They are starting their own wine club. Ooh. Yes. You can go to their website. I think it's just momandpopwineshop.com. 
Com. Oh, shit. I'm... I think it's momandpopwineshop.com. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's right. We Google it. Mom and Pop Wine Shop Portland. You'll find it. And I believe it is $65 a month for two bottles. And uh, check it out. That's affordable. That's affordable? Yeah. And yep. they have a three mile delivery area radius from their from their shop, which is 67th and Sandy. Yeah. So yeah. if you're essentially in fairly close in Northeast Portland, you're good. Yeah. And they're rad and they're a local shop and they specialize in good wine under $25 a bottle. And I do want to take a side note there because you're saying that reminded me of something I wanted to bring up and we'll talk about it more at the end of the episode. Okay. We've been talking about starting a book club here on the podcast. Yes, we are. We bandied some ideas around recently and well, we'll see if that works. What are we talking about tonight? Tonight, we're talking about games. And it is one oh, of our themes. It is. The dice part, at least. And I guess you could say we're also talking about the bars part, because we're talking about drinking games. Oh. We've already started playing one tonight. Tell me what you're thinking, Jacob. In fact, we're going to hit all three, because one of my games is a drinking game that involves motorcycles, Uh-oh. but is safe. See, I was trying to find a way to involve the biker theme in tonight's topic, and I decided just not to go there. So I'm glad that you found something that isn't that doesn't cross that line that I didn't want to cross. And we are ourselves playing a drinking game this evening, (laughs) gentlemen. This, I firmly believe, is NPC and Poppy's attempt to get me totally sloshed on the air. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. That game that we are playing tonight is the um game. If there's an um or an uh or an um, that is a filler or a space or a time-wasting um. You know, sometimes ums happen in the way that people talk, like um, uh, something like that. Mm. It's less mm. of an um and more of a, an affectation of the moment. It's like an emphasis know? that emphasis. you're unsure. Yes. We're going for um, uh, um. We're all guilty of them and we're trying to break ourselves of it without having to edit them out. Yes. So this is either going to be an excellent learning experience or... Uh, failure, a catastrophe in drinking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, on that note, and that was an uh, not an um, don't even. <laughs> Here's the rules of the game. Each of us, when we're talking, someone else is going to be counting, and then they're going to hold up a number of fingers for the number of drinks you have to hammer back quick because of the number of ums and on that note poppy give me some of that delicious um juice because i have fin- oh, emptied my glass <laughs> and i need more right. um juice i love it i love it anyway as we play this game we are going to be talking about drinking games the basic idea being games that you play while you're drinking or games that you play for the purpose of getting drunk I'm sure if you were listening to this podcast, you have played one or many drinking games. Or have babysat a bunch of people playing said game. (laughs) So I think then that the most fun way to open this conversational topic would be for us to go through and talk about the most. No, no, not the most. I can't talk about those. (laughs) (laughs) The first drinking game that you remember playing. Beer pong. Tell us about your beer pong experience. Oh, college. So okay, and now Jacob. <laughs> Sorry, I was I, that was all I needed to know. Yep, but college. <laughs> oh yes, college. Back in the day, a young poppy at the unofficial. What did they call themselves? There was a the music fraternity. Freshman. Oh no. What? Uh, we had there was a music fraternity. Madrigals or something? No, I can't remember what their, you know, freaking Beta Kappa Alpha Foxtrot, whatever the hells were. I don't remember. 
but they had a they didn't have a house like other fraternities and sororities have like a house, but they had an unofficial house. Right. So it was one of these houses, one of these off campus houses that a couple of people who happened to be in the fraternity were all living at. And that was one of the go to places for the parties for basically all of music, theater, dance and opera. That all, you know, all the performing arts kids, that was kind of one of the party houses. So, of course, it had a ping pong table in the basement. Of course, you know, after parties, rap parties, any excuse to have a party, parties happened at this cast parties, you know, whatever. So I learned what is beer pong. Would you tell us what beer pong is, please? So beer pong is the idea. So playing. So think of a regular game of, of ping pong. You've got two people on each side. So this is usually a doubles, kind of a doubles match. Two people on each side playing ping pong like normal, normal rules with some additions. The additions being if the ping pong like tings the side of your glass, if it touches your your cup, your red solo cup or whatever the hell you're drinking, if it touches it, you got to take a drink. Each side of the table has what a bowling pin set up of a triangle of red solo cups. Oh, we played it differently. So there is... the old school version of beer pong, which was played on a regulation ping pong table. And you, the goal, people would just have their drinks on the table, yes. which is what I think That's Poppy's I, talking yes, about. Yeah. And the and you played with paddles and it was a regular ping pong game. Yes. Except rather than trying to shoot it off the table, what you wanted to do was hit the ball so it hit one of your opponent's cups. Mm-hmm. So they had to take a drink out of the cup. Correct. Now there's, Fascinating. Now there's modern beer pong, ah. which is a completely different animal and we'll get into a little bit later. Yeah, we're talking about beer pong circa 2001 here, basically, when Poppy was in college. Oh, you child. <laughs> 99 to 03 is when Poppy was in college the first time. <laughs> so basically you would take on your little quarter of the table, you would take your drink and just set it in the middle. Yep. Of your of your quarter, and you'd play beer pong like you'd play ping pong like normal. So if the ball hit your glass in any fashion and like ricocheted off, you take a drink. If the ball landed in your drink and stayed there, you finished. The you cup. had to you mm. had to knock it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was your first. That was that was the one I can remember. Yes. Now here's the important question. Yes. How how close to not remembering that experience were you? <laughs> so Poppy used to cheat at beer pong. <laughs> Um, and I'll tell you why. I know I'm getting the I'm getting the fingers pointed at me. So I did not at that point in my life, I did not drink beer. I did not like beer. It was gross. Did not drink beer. So I was always drinking usually rum and cokes at, at like college parties, the occasional jungle juice, the occasional bad decision, orange soda, and absolute mandarin. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, so I was usually drinking rum and Cokes out of a red Solo cup with ice and blah, blah, blah. So what eventually happened was, I mean, I had to drive home at some point. I didn't, this was an off-campus house. I lived off-campus. Luckily, this particular house wasn't super far from where I live, but it was still like I had to, I had to drive maybe a mile or two to get home at one or two in the morning or whatever the hell, um, depending on if we all had to get up and have school the next day or go to work the next day or have rehearsal the next day or whatever the hell we were doing or have an audition. Oh, I've got funny stories about that, too. Um, fuck. No, that's two, actually. There was one earlier that we didn't get. God damn it. But again, we, we wait till your story is finished oh, I and drank. then we total them. Oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> I already drank two. Pre-drinking doesn't count. Ah, shit. <laughs> I, I just drank five times. Can I bank them? <laughs> right? So I had to drive home. So I was trying to be responsible and sobering up before I drove home. This was before Lyft. In my town, there were not really many taxi cabs, and I never had that much money anyway. So at some point in the evening, I would switch to drinking just Coke out of my glass. And no one knew the difference between is that a rum and Coke or is that a Coke on ice? So I would just drink Coke while I was playing beer pong and sober up so I could drive home safely. So I cheated. Yes. Well, for me, it's a little bit different. I think 
I think my first drinking game was actually when I was either 15 or 16. No, it would have, I would have had to have been 50, between 15 and 16 because I was not drinking in bars yet. And what we would do is we'd go out fishing. And the best parts of the lakes to fish on were out in the lake. So you'd take a rowboat or a canoe and go float out into the middle of the lake and go fishing. And if you pulled back your line and there was not a worm on the hook when you pulled it back in or bait or whatever, you had to drink an entire beer. Ooh, damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how old were you? Uh, between 15 and 16. What kind of beer? Was it at least good? Light and Kugels. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Okay, of course. Yes. Mm. Really quick, how many ums in my story? You had two. I had two. Okay, had hold two. on. Here we go. So that was my first drinking game. I did that a whole bunch of times. It was just standard practice. It was a good way to go fishing, throw a case of Line and Kugels long necks, and come back to shore with maybe some fish and definitely an empty case. <laughs> because uh, perch, walleye, and especially pike will take a worm and leave you with an empty hook regularly. My first... It's hard to pinpoint because I'm pretty sure these roughly happened around the same time of my life. But no, wait, no. Okay. Actually, it's pretty fucking obvious because based upon who I was hanging out with at that time was in completely different states of these two different stories. My first was in high school. Sorry, post high school. I was like, 18, 19 years old, still living at home, but figuring out what I wanted to do when we played Dungeons and Dragons and drunk. And oh, so D&D &D 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 was very simple. You, you just had one of those big plastic containers of Barton's vodka. And we learned very quickly how to make Barton's not suck, which was by pouring it through. Um, Riddle. There we go. No. Right, hold on. I got a drink. I'll let me wait till the end of your story. Whatever. Cheater. Ah! <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, pouring it through a Brita filter like three or four times, and then it's gray, but it's not shitty at that point. You're like, okay, this, I don't even taste the vodka. That means you're getting extra fucked up. Oh, yeah. So we would distill Barton's Jug-O vodka, and then we would play Dungeons and Dragons and drunk, and you had to take a sip every time you took damage. You had to... uh Fill empty empty a uh, container of something. I don't remember exactly what we were working with at the time. It's been a while. It's been a while since I played this drinking game, and we got tanked. We got really tanked. Oh, the DM had to take a shot anytime one of the NPCs was killed or something. Oh, which, and unfortunately. I was not the DM in that one. Mm. We did that with paranoia, where if you lost a clone, you had to tr take a shot. And since everybody has six clones. <laughs> but I would really, really love to tell another one story, which uh -oh. happened a year later, which, in my opinion, is my first true exposure to drinking games, because it is the one that is most memorable to me. Now, I think at some points on this podcast's history, I have discussed a place that I lived when I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, in my 19th year of life. I lived at a fraternity house on Georgia Tech campus. That fraternity house was Psi Upsilon, or Psi U, as they went by. It was a co-ed fraternity of stoners, goths, hippies, and computer nerds. It is not what you would think when you think of fraternity bros. There just were no bro. No, there was one bro there. He was so out of place, but he was also a big old D&D &D dude. So everything was fine. But my first time actually going to one of their drinking parties or parties, whatever it was, not just like a regular social gathering, an actual party. God, I must have been hanging out with them. How I met them is a other, another great story if we ever go back to talking about conventions again. But I went to their fraternity house and went to a 
gathering of people getting drunk. And then they had a, what do you call it? An ally or a friend house, another house on campus that was like really close to them called a uh, ox. Was it ox? Was it the ox house? It might. I actually don't remember the other fraternity's number. In I don't, the, I don't the, think it was ox. In the Greek system. Yeah. If it wasn't a co-ed fraternity, which mucks things up, your sorority that is associated with your fraternity is your sister sorority and that you are their brother fraternity. Phi Cap. It was a Phi. I think it was Phi Cap. I'm sorry, Tom. I apologize if I got your fraternity wrong, but I think it was Phi Cap. And we went, we had some of the people from the Phi Cap come over. They were really cool guy named Tom, who I, I fucking love. Tom was one of the most loudest, boisterous motherfuckers ever. And at one point, Tom was like, yeah, man, uh, this game, Three Man. And I was like, I know Three Man. And by this point, I had been like eight drinks in. Like, I know Three Man. I'll play with you. This probably how I really sounded. Of course, in my head, I was a lot more suave and cool and gentlemanly when I said this. So me and Tom played three man. Tom weighed about thrice my body weight and was a consummate career drinker at the rough age of 21. But I did a good job of that game. He kicked my ass, but I made him hurt. <laughs> I woke up on the lawn of the FICAP house. Oh, no with a puddle of puke around me in the middle of the night, it must've been three or 4 AM. There were still some people laying around or sitting around drinking like two or three people, you know, the late nighters sitting on the porch, drinking and smoking. And when I woke up, one of them goes, <laughs> you're up, dude. <laughs> That's that was my introduction to the Psyup salon fraternity parties. One week later, I was renting a room there. These two went on great college memories. I went in the dissolute youth of uh, the dissolute life of rural youth. Uh, but I have a great college story that I've been kind of figuring, you know, I, I've been going back and forth on whether I wanted to bring up. I went to a tribal college and the group of friends. I hung around with most from the college, rented a house together, and they would host Western movie nights. Now, Western as in United States movie nights or Western as in Clint Eastwood, John Wayne movie nights? Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, and earlier. Okay. okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And it was all around a drinking game. I think I, I think I see where this is going. Oh, you think you see I where this is going? I think I see where this is going. There is a swerve to this. Okay. So the way their Western movie nights went was we'd all get in and be sitting in the living room and, you know, we'd be, you know, there'd be bourbon or vodka or whatever because beer, whatever. And we'd fire up some old classic Western. And the rules were whenever a cowboy or U.S. soldier died, you took a drink unless you were Jacob. Jacob who was the token white dude, <laughs> had to take a drink whenever a Native American died. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> they were clearly proving a point. They were trying to pickle you. Well, it was, it, it, there was a lot of reasons for it. Um, even today, but especially back in my youth, I had a, an amazing tolerance and getting me drunk was really a challenge. We're going to have to get you drunk then, isn't it? <laughs> So I had to take a drink whenever an Indian died in the movie. And thankfully, part of the deal was I got the spare bedroom. Nice. See, I thought where you were going with that was anytime there was a super, super re racist depiction of a Native American. Oh, no, this was this was leaning in to all of it. In fact, there okay. was a special rule for dancing with wolves where if anyone spoke in an Irish accent, Jacob also had to take a drink. What the fuck? <laughs> How many people had Irish accents in that movie? A lot. Really? A lot. Huh. Speaking of taking a drink, Jacob, that's one um. This this harkens me back to when I binged watched How I Met Your Mother and there's one episode about how the character Robin, Robin Sherbatsky is a reporter. She's a news reporter for like the late night news. And 
she found out that college kids really loved her and knew her. She was like, oh, that's really nice. You know, like a little feather in my cap, whatever. They found out it was because they were playing a drinking game to her. At any time during a newscast, during an interview, if she said, but, um, but, um, you know, question, question, question that you take a drink. So she found out about this, was really offended. So one night during one of her live broadcasts, she looked straight at the camera and went, but, um, 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 and all that you see, they're all just like, it's all dramatic, you know, and they're all like, oh no, you know, and they all just took it anyway. Thing. Well played, funny. Robin. Really funny. Well yeah. played. Well played, Robin Shabatsky. So that's how we all came to drinking games. But there's so many more out there. So many. So many. What are other ones that stick in your head? I remember one from my post-college years. Uh, it was a one of those adult games, the novelty games that you might get at a porn store or something. Ah, uh, or Spencer's. Yeah, or Spencer's. I think they might have gotten it at Spencer's. It was called Sip and Strip. And there was a board and you move some pieces around the board and you rolled a die. Or I don't even remember anything about the game except there were cards that you drew and you drew the cards and the cards were like lascivious. Ooh. But like weak lascivious, yeah. like weak ass lascivious stuff. I now know in my 40s after a lifetime of being in like much more lascivious events. These were tame these were yeah. these were 90s sitcom tame kind of stuff. And I remember yeah. my girlfriend and I would play this with another couple that was a friend of ours. Who dad ho? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't yeah. care. And it was just good times. Yeah. So that exact game, Sip and Strip, I'm not even sure it's the right name, but I, I know the one you're talking about where it's like, ooh, this is tame. Oh, I'm going to look it up. There was a bar, not in my hometown, but across the border in Wisconsin, that would routinely kick all but a selected number of people out at bar close and then lock the doors. And it would be a after hours party. And uh, one of the things that would happen would be that all the strippers from the strip club three bars down were always had an open invitation after close. And so it would be this this huge party because they'd kick every all of the undesirables out and there'd still be like 30 people left. And that sip and strip game got brought out one time. And so it was like an open bar. People just threw a hundred bucks on the counter and that game just wrecked a whole bunch of people. I woke up under a pool table the next morning. <laughs> nice. How much clothing were you wearing i refuse to disclose that <laughs> i will say that i was wearing that. <laughs> i refuse to disrobe that i miss the pacific club sometimes <laughs> i feel like you could make anything into a drinking game i feel like this is the the birthright of you know americans all over the world is turning whatever you're doing possibly into a drinking game of some kind given the amount of dice in my collection and the amount of bottles of booze in this house, you'd think that we would roll dice and take drinks more often. Except the history of drinking games goes back so much farther than, and it's such not an American thing. One of the first drinking games that with a lot of rules to it, rather than a movie drinking game or something simple, like you pull your line back without a fish, or if the ball hits your glass, was Ship Captain Crew, which originates probably in England, but there's an argument that it might be France. It was the fucking Dutch each India company. Come on. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> it was the fucking I mean, Dutch. Yep. Everybody remember, whenever you want to scream about the English, the Dutch were probably there first. Anyways, it's it's a dice game played with three dice, and the goal is to roll a six a f one, and then I believe a five. It's been a while since I played. And as somebody who has played three-man multiple times and been really good at it, it is amazing how well you remember those numerical combos when you're drunk. Oh, yeah. And the more you drink, the more laser-focused you are on the numbers of the game that you're playing. But I did some digging and prep for this episode, and there's evidence that Ship Captain Crew actually predates the colonization of North America. 
I would believe it. People have been drinking for a very long time. Yeah. And there's even some evidence that like Vikings would incorporate drinking into their version of chess and such. Well, I would, if we're going that far, then taking this to its basis level, I think the first drinking game would probably be shot for shot. Oh, yeah. Two people sitting at a table, piling them on, seeing who can last the longest. It's usually the elf, but when the elf's not around, it might be the dwarf. Don't ever get into that one of those games with uh, somebody who's serving you a alcohol that you've never had before and that you are in for your first time. That's how I first drank Uzo. We all learned this lesson in Raiders of the Lost Ark, yes? (laughs) Yes, I I did indeed learn that lesson. Well, no, I saw that lesson in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I learned that lesson drinking Japanese liquor with a friend of mine from Tokyo. (laughs) Do you remember which liquor? Um, They had a version. It was a, I don't, I don't. Was it Shochu? I'm trying to remember the version of Shochu because I I happen to love Shochu, which we should do an episode on sometime. (sighs) You're up too. I mean, I've seen, and I've seen other things too, like takes on classics, uh, chess, for example, but all the pieces are replaced with shot glasses with little symbols on them. I've seen it with checkers Checkers. There's that, there's that, that circular, there's that one with the seven cups and the dice and the name I can't remember. Tablero. Tablero. Well, also I've seen Chinese checkers done with shot yep. glasses. Yeah. Which Chinese checkers with shot glasses is cruel and unusual I mean, punishment. There's, and people would be like, <laughs> I made a tic-tac-toe board with shot glasses. You know, I mean, I feel like people will turn anything in, oh, well, anything into a drinking game. They sell tic-tac-toe boards with yeah. I think they sell all of those yeah. things. They sell all and of those more. things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tablero is like at the high end of the drinking game spectrum where there's a whole lot of rules. There's too many rules when you're when you're drinking that much. Well, that's the point. And like for all of our Society for Creative Anachronism friends out there, uh, Tablero is an amazing game. It's played on a seven by seven board with dice and it requires a referee to be done most properly. And I don't even remember the rules. And it, it it was amazing, and I remember that most of the evenings that I've ever played it, I have very hazy memories of. Well, and they very, they very specifically in the rules say to use cider, not hard alcohol, because of how much you're going to be drinking. That's what they publish. That's, That's what they not publish. what it is in practice. I, I purchased a, a Tablero set, and I tried to read the rules several times, and I was like, this is too fucking much. I know this is too hard. Because you have to like, make patterns, and there's just all these things that my brain are not good at. It's basically a territory capture game. Oh, okay. Tower defense, the drinking game? Sort of. (laughs) Drunken Go is now something I want to see. It's probably out there. I know I'm not the first person to think of this. NPC, we have to find the rules for this, and then you and I need to take an entire day off, and probably the next. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of the... One of the best store-bought games turned into a drinking game, in my experience, Battleship. Because mm, Battleship oh, yeah. has nice set quantities of things. I like that idea. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Like, every time you take a hit, you take a drink. And every time you sink, you lose a ship, you take a significant amount of drinks based upon what you just lost. Mm. You know, Like the number of pegs that are in the yeah. ship is how many drinks. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Ugh. And then there's modern beer pong, which Poppy was talking about classic beer pong. I'm that I'm old enough. I am old enough apparently that I played classic beer pong. Wow. Well wow. We live in Portland, Oregon. There is a bar that is devoted to that has tables specifically for the play of beer pong. Really? Yep. And the modern beer pong table is basically half of a regulation ping pong table. So one half of it. And there are solo cups set up, usually nine of them. I mean, there are national tournaments of beer pong. 
And it's you take the ball in your hand and try to bounce it into your opponent's cup and they have to drink out of it. And the goal is to eliminate all of their cups before you Im- they eliminate all of yours. Yeah, it's set up kind of like a bowling lane where you've got the the triangle wedge of cups. I have an amazing idea. Cat bowling with drinking? What? No. Okay, what? But I'm thinking <laughs> I'm 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 percolating we'd have to talk to Route 30 and the Dowls and get there okay with this, but maybe we could do some kind of beer pong tournament for charity the next time we're actually doing a wagon con in 2022 or whatever it is breakfast puppies hosts beer pong tournament for charity or something i don't Mm, know that'd be fun that could be fun that could be fun one of the cups has malort in it oh 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 my god each cup could have a different (gasps) So. That gets me to my next drinking game. <laughs> okay. Which was a, which was, so people have different opinions on hazing and a lot of hazing is bad. <laughs> However, one of the bars I worked at had a hazing ritual for all new bartenders. And on your last break-in shift, you were, ex- the, the, all the other bartenders and barbacks would pool money to pay for your cab home. That's decent. <laughs> and you, after your shift ended, you had to sit at the end of the bar. You got blindfolded and they would put glasses in front of you with a half a shot in it. Of something. Of something. And you had to identify each and every shot they served you, or you had to keep tasting it till you had hit four sequentially and couldn't come up with the answer, and then they moved on to the next one. And that's how it was like a break-in for new bartenders. So that was a vicious, vicious one, because they'd be like reaching in, finding the weird stuff in the back, and nope, 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 nope. That's not De Serino. That is the almond liquor that we just happen to have because the owner loves it in his coffee <laughs> and stuff like that. It was horrible. That reminds me indirectly of, I guess you could consider this game, yeah, maybe more of a house rule, but kind of a, sure, why not? You, you were tempting fate. There was a risk involved with this. If you went to one of this guy's parties, you knew what you were getting into. And that was next to the door, the front door. He had a very large, it was like a carved wooden canoe, like a replica of a wooden canoe. And the rule was when you left, you emptied your drink into the canoe. Oh, oh no. Whatever it was, you emptied it into the canoe. And then at some point in the night, you didn't know exactly what point that was, but at some point in the night, whoever was left at the party had to take a shot from the canoe. Oh, man. Things you just can't and do in COVID times. he was Pacific Islander. I don't remember if it was Hawaiian or Polynesian or something. He had, he, he had a name for the canoe. The canoe had, it was like a, a thing. Maybe he was just fucking with us, but the canoe had a, a name that none of us white dudes could pronounce. And he's like, this is this is just a thing. It was like a hazing ritual from from his homeland, as he said. <laughs> and everybody took part in it, and we got fucked up. Usually there was vomiting at the end. Oh. I drank from that canoe twice. It wasn't the worst thing ever, because by that point, I was already shit-faced. <laughs> If wow. you stayed at his parties that long. <laughs> was that here in Portland? No, this was back in Atlanta. Okay. Because yeah. it, I would 100% be able to nail the island of origin <laughs> if it was here in Portland and it would be yap. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was like a, it was a multi-syllable name for the canoe. Maybe one of our listeners will know. Yeah. But apparently the canoe aspect of it was important. I never bothered looking okay. up because I haven't even remembered it until this moment in time. Fascinating. So he 16 was, years later. He was like New Zealand or Rapa Nui or Somewhere. Hawaii yeah. or yeah, Palau. Yeah. Palau, yeah. Word, words I'm not going to try to pronounce because I'm white. 
Yeah. Well, we try. Yeah. We try. We try. So, other classic drinking games. We've talked about Tablero. Oh, oh, Poppy. What do you got? Movies. Oh, movies. Movies. The the hallmark of drinking games. Yes. It's what the first thing that springs to mind potentially even before beer pong when people think about drinking games. Yeah. The basic idea of you watch a movie or some kind of piece of media, you know, film, television show, what have you. And the the basic idea is when blank happens, take a drink. I want to chime in here on behalf of our missing host because Xander has classic C-SPAN drinking games. Yes. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So it turns out uh, Xander and I, and I'll, I'll speak for Xander on this one. He, he has the C-SPAN one. However, it turned out that Xander and I both have done presidential return drinking games. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I've done with several coworkers of mine, corporate party drinking games corporate event drinking games you know where everyone's sitting in the back with a flask or something and every time somebody says something well, i'll just say like synergy or leverage synergy. or whatnot and you're like okay take a shot by that you know God. an hour into the corporate party and you're shit-faced you're like i need a cab home <laughs> <laughs> otherwise i'm going to say something terrible to my boss Every time Sheila says win-win. <laughs> She's going to call a spade a spade here. Dear God, kill me now. <laughs> oh. Hey, now, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I so, heard someone say that one person, one person, eight times in a paragraph worth of text during a meeting. And I'm just, no. Uh-uh. One of the fun things about movie games is that Unless they're for very specific movies, and you can look up rules uh, rules for specific movies, usually these arise in a group of friends. And one of the things that always interests me is how movie games, drinking games, evolve over time. And I have a group of friends that gets together and watches motorcycle movies. Mm. Yeah, okay. And originally, and I did, I was not with them when in the early days of this, when it was, they just watch a movie and whenever a motorcycle showed up in the movie, they could be watching like John Wick or what, or Mission Impossible or whatever. And whenever a motorcycle showed up, everybody would take a drink. So how drunk did they get after torque? Oh my God. <laughs> what Biker boys is worse. All I'm going to say. <laughs> And it evolved. And by the time I got there, it was there was a rule that whenever a stunt was performed on a motorcycle that could not possibly do that stunt, everybody had to take a drink. And then there would be like people would get cards with what their drink assignment was. And the host would, uh, the classic is Easy Rider. Like whenever. A Honda, oh, not Honda, a Harley Davidson Softail came on the screen, or a Panhead, or whatever. You'd have your card, and that was your drinking assignment for the movie. And those cards would be randomly div- divvied out. But so we watched a whole bunch of th- those games, and that it was amazing. And Biker Boys will ruin you if you end up with Ninja as your draw card. <laughs> One thing about movies, as you were saying, they typically tend to be based upon a movie specifically or a genre of movies. But there's also the ones that are based upon an actor or a director. Like any movie by this director, drink every time the doves fly in a John Woo film. I was going to say John Woo, flames, birds. or, or, Or drink every time Sean Connery says something in a totally uh Awful accent, despite the fact that he is himself supposed to be a different character. Don't you know or... I'm Italian? <laughs> Every time Nicolas Cage crazy eyes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you're, you're dead. <laughs> so I t- had, uh, took the liberty of looking up a couple of drinking games for movies before we recorded this evening. Would you like to hear some? Sure. Okay. So first and foremost, of course, 
Uh oh, Jacob's refilling. Jacob needs some juice. I'm. Do you need more? Yeah, I drank all the soda. Okay, you're okay. We're good. So the the Princess Bride. Oh, this is a classic. Inconceivable. Okay. That's got to be something you take a drink okay. on. Yep. Uh, here, here, you, you killed my mother. Prepare to die. That one. I'm. Yep. Jacob is spilling the the um juice. No, Nothing was spilled. Nothing was spilled. It's fine. Okay, so the Princess Bride. This is one I found online at MinervaMag.com. I don't know. So take a sip slash shot. Every time. Wesley says, as you wish. Oh. Wesley stares at Buttercup for a creepy slash sexy amount of time. Interpretation as you wish. (laughs) The story is interrupted by the annoyingly ungrateful little shit grandson. (laughs) Well, well said. Yeah. Yeah. Humperdink is mentioned. True love is mentioned. Vizzini says, inconceivable. Or Fezzik rhymes. Bonus, for the daring, take an additional sip every time you think Fezzik is rhyming, but you have no idea what he is saying because he's Andre the Giant. (laughs) Other bonuses, (laughs) other bonuses, an obviously fake creature appears. Inigo Montoya mentions his tragic backstory. Inigo Montoya says, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You'd be shit-faced by the end of the movie. People somehow have time for banter during a fight. Wesley has a witty comeback. Wesley and Vizzini drink. Wesley is a sexist douche to Buttercup. Waterfall when Wesley and Buttercup tumble down the hill. I guess that means you just like fucking knock it, not upend it. Uh, drink when the old lady boos Buttercup. As always, if you laugh out loud, police each other. Finish your drink. Marriage is what brings us together today. That's an um. Damn it. So, in the similar vein, there is a whole subset and subgenre of drinking games for Bollywood movies. Oh, yeah. And the there's... There's a lot for like there's Bollywood movies and then there's subgenres of Bollywood movies. But the one that I came across that I absolutely loved and I realized how much would wreck people is how many time you take a drink every time people nearly kiss. Yeah, because that's a thing in Bollywood where kissing on screen is is kind of foreboding. I mean, usually there's it, it's like the climax of the movie that if a kiss happens at all. But if if there's a near kiss, you have to take a drink. Ooh. And I went back and watched Slumdog Millionaire, which is not a romantic Bollywood movie. And I, I, I figured out that you'd have to drink eight. Holy shit. I would really love to see. I would really love to see a just, you know, Spanish telenovela drinking game kind of kind of action with you know anytime somebody just like stares off camera and the music swells and says no me digas si te digas generalissimo es la verdad damn or something I don't know you know but uh, so another one I had to look this up of course Big Trouble in Little China drinking game for Big Trouble in Little China take a drink Mr. Button Mr. Button you're not put upon this earth to get it God, God bless that actor. Okay, take a drink anytime someone mentions a Chinese hell. Yeah. Take a drink if Lopin twitches his nose or wiggles his little fingers. Take a drink whenever green eyes are mentioned. Take a drink if Jack tries to pull off something heroic and fails miserably. Take a drink whenever rain, thunder, or lightning show up. Take a drink whenever somebody says Jack. Take a shot whenever somebody says Jack Burton. Take a shot if one of the three storms use their powers. Take a shot if you're watching with friends and someone says, what the fuck? (laughs) If you are the one who says, what the fuck, take a second shot. Finish a sucky bomb if Gracie and Jack kiss. Oh, God. (laughs) So you be dead (laughs) by the end of this. So taking a swerve more into active events. Before we go there, I have a suggestion for one movie. Oh, go ahead. Very simple. Very easy. 
to remember a drinking game. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Take a drink anytime someone says, Whoa! <laughs> That's it. That's all you gotta remember. Oh, no. Whoa! Oh, no. You're fucked. No. Anyway, what was that, Jacob? So, swerving from movies into other sorts, putt-putt golf. Anytime you surpass par, you have to take at the end of the round the number of drinks you had above par. So uh, if that okay. goddamn windmill <laughs> costs you eight on a par four, that's four shots. <laughs> okay, so I am I am seeing a biker's dice and bars does black light pirate mini golf. At some point, although I don't know if they allow if they have liquor in there. Don't know. We'll find out in similar things like there is a whole bunch of drinking games related to sporting events. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if you are watching the Portland Timbers, every time a yellow cards handed out, you have to take a shot. That's bad. Oh my God. Oh, my God. Every time a foul is called on the Raiders, you have to take a shot. And then at the end of the game, you're taken to the hospital. <laughs> what about like pro wrestling? What would be some good ones from that? Oh, I can imagine some great ones, especially if you're watching old classic mesh. Bring in with the chair. Yep. yep. Anytime somebody <laughs> bounces off the ropes. Yep. Anytime Undertaker throws mankind off hell in a cell and drops seven stories to the ground. Or well, you can only do, ever do that once. And <laughs> yeah. that was... Drink a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> pour, pour one out for my homie, Mick, Mick Foley. Oh. He's fucking great. What, pour he's... one out? Did he die? No, he's no, still no, alive. No, he's still alive. He was God. probably really hurt after that. <sighs> no, no, he was... Uh, he, no, Foley? he's retired. But was he mankind? He yeah. was mankind. Oh, for some reason, I thought he was another he was, one. Okay. He was he, mankind. He was Cactus Jack, and he had a third. There's the hippie one yeah, whose name yeah. I can never remember. Uh, yep. Okay, I remember Cactus Jack. Brandon probably knows. Yep. Brandon probably Brandon, Brandon probably know. knows. Brandon's probably listening right now and yep. is soon about to tell us on Discord. Yep. yep. Tell us yep. right yep. now, Brandon, 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 right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. Do it. Um, there's a Star Wars one if you guys want to hear it. Ooh. Let me find, there's one for Anchorman. There's one for Zombieland. Top Gun. Oh, wait. I got to read the Top Gun one. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, the Top Gun oh, one is oh, Hold on. Hold on. Only pick one more movie. Oh, one more movie. Got to make it good. I'm Top Gun. Okay. Okay. Top Gun. Take a drink when there's a homoerotic look <laughs> shared between characters. I knew that would be the first one. Characters high five. Maverick goes against the rules. The song... Danger Zone plays. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to create one for Twilight, like the Twilight series. Oh God! You know, like the vampires, the Spark of yeah. Vampires. That, that game's super easy. Someone says they want to watch Twilight. You down a bottle of vodka and then watch the movie, hoping you black out in the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> I, 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 I like this plan, well, Jacob. <laughs> anytime, anytime Bella Swan stutters or bites her lip, you take a drink and you'll just black out. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Anytime one of them does something abusive to the other. Yeah. Yeah. Or yep. film noir. Take a drink anytime somebody uses a really unnecessary metaphor or simile. Yeah. The night was as dark as the black cat that crossed the alley. So, solo drinking games. This I'm makes sorry if you are the kind of person who needs one of those. I didn't. We've all been there. I, I, I mean, like, I, I'll admit that there's been a couple times where I played some solo drinking games, especially when I've been missing old friends back home. When, like, the, the one that I most often will play solo is watching any action movie and the handgun fires more rounds than it actually has in it, you have to take a drink. That was one that we played back home all the time. But the best solo game is apparently, I don't know this from per in personal experience, but I have it on good authority from multiple sources, is you get a bottle of something tasty and take a shot while reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Every time she says, oh, my. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be straight with y'all. I tried to read Fifty Shades of Grey. I have read Twilight like three or four times. I have read the whole Twilight series. 
I was like, how bad can it be? I got three pages in and had to stop. It's it's fucking fan fiction bad. and not even good. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. Drinking games for game masters. Whenever you're reading a gaming book and you come across page dot XX because they didn't fill in the placeholder. <laughs> I am guilty of that, by the way, <laughs> because oh, one of the first. Uh, well, you can't find the book anywhere because it only exists in preview copies that I own. But both of the books that I published, the first several drafts had that page XX in there. Yeah. You can't blame people for preview copies. Because okay. often that's filled post preview. Yeah, but then I sat and I read those books cover to fucking cover. <laughs> so question for you guys. If you were gonna make a drinking game for Name of the Wind. Dear God, I hate that book. <laughs> drink anytime he's the most amazing boy ever. So uh swerving to gaming and drinking. We're going to talk about one of my favorite drinking games that may end my friendship with NPC. Oh, no. Anytime you have to house rule something in Palladium, you have to take a drink because the rules for that don't exist. That's fair. That is <laughs> fucking fair. But I will also attest, anytime you have, you have to house rule anything in any edition of D&D, because the rule is there and it's fucking dumb. Fair. Totally fair. <laughs> I just went with the uh, instigator one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I get you. No, I, I will not complain. I simply will attest that every fucking game I have ever run in my life, I've house ruled, mm -hmm. including the ones I wrote and published. Yep. There's a second stage to Palladium, though. When you're looking for the material that's referenced in the book, but is not included in the book, such as if you have the first edition of Rifts and you're looking for the damage of vibro weapons, that's two drinks. Here is what I want. Some weekend, y'all, here's what we're going to do. We are going to, oh, I don't know, rent a beach house or something nice out on the coast, someplace we can all crash, you know, bring your partners round and round, dosy -si do whatever. But we're going to do a, maybe a one-shot of ninjas and super spies. <laughs> oh, God. Also have a drinking game for ninjas and super spies. I, I can't run that. It's terrible. <laughs> I love Palladium. I, that, that, that is the one game oh. I will never touch. My favorite music is Gong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to another podcast who is actually recorded here in Portland, Oregon. That would be the Mega Dumbcast. Yeah. Give a listen to Ninjas and Super Spies. It's one of the funniest hilarious. goddamn things you'll ever oh hear in your God. life. Yeah. Uh, we were dying. Shout out to that dude, whatever your name is. You only say your name like once. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I think it's Chris. Hey, Chris. Thanks, know. Chris. It's a lot of fun. There was so White Wolf published Street Fighter, the role playing game. Oh my game. God. They go into Street Fighter on the same podcast. Nice. <laughs> Good. Me and a bunch of friends yeah. played a drinking game. While playing Street Fighter, the role-playing game, where you took as many shots, and we were drinking Silver Wolf Vodka, which is like one step above Nikolai Vodka, which is like the Barton's worst. level vodka. Oh, oh no, Barton's is up. Mm. <laughs> All right. Silver Wolf is only served in gigantic plastic jugs and is a shelf down from Barton's. <laughs> I mean, Barton's was bottom shelf where I came from, so uh, I'm sorry, uh, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and you had to take a shot for every point of damage you took during a turn uh, during a tournament round. Jesus Christ! Wow, a shot! Yikes! Oh yeah, how did you survive the first ten minutes? I'm from the Upper Midwest, my friend. <laughs> this is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. This is the last call for alcohol. Get going. Drink up, drink up, drink up, then order again. Closing this out, this has been a fun discussion, but we are reaching time, and I think we're also drunk. We've actually been doing very well on the ums tonight. I must congratulate both of you, and you. I'm going to congratulate myself. Done a good job. It's been good. This is 
going to be a delight to edit. I'm really looking forward to it. You're welcome. I'm also curious what our listeners think would make for an appropriate Biker's Dice Bar shrinking game. Absolutely. I want to hear your comments. I want to see them. There may even be rewards for them. Anytime we break Jacob and he laughs. That's a shot. Like a hyena. That's a shot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shot. If only we had been recording when we first sat down because we broke him. I did good. break him. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Anytime somebody says, um, anytime I think in a character jam, I say, so here's how it works. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, <laughs> so but that did no, occur to me. I actually brought that up during one of them. I was like, I say that a lot, don't I? Well, guess what? Here's how it works. <laughs> But we want to hear from you on the rest of them. Yeah. If you were to make a Biker's Dyson Bars drinking game, what things should show up in the rules for it? Anytime Poppy interrupts because that's how women talk. No, it's a thing. It's a thing. We over talk each other and we can understand each other and it's very strange. But then I listened to the Wolves of Zaramond. And I went, holy shit, I can't hear a goddamn thing. Real time, <laughs> in real life, I could hear and understand and parse everything all those ladies were saying. Mm-hmm. Listening to the recording, I was like, what's this cacophony? <laughs> <laughs> it was fascinating. No, maybe cut that. I don't know. Is that sexist? Is that sexist? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. All my all my female identified folks. Anyways, we want to hear from you <laughs> on rules for the uh, Biker's Dyson Bars. <laughs> Drinking game. So just uh, drop us a line, Facebook, Discord, wherever you can find us. Give us your feedback and we will publish these. Yeah, we will read your rules aloud on the air as we, (laughs) I guess, call it. Official Bikers, Dice and Bars drinking game. Yes. Yes. That would be wonderful. That would be great. Yeah. Love that. I have an idea. Okay. Okay. Bear with me here. Stick with me. Bear, bear, rawr. Bear, rawr. Okay. I prefer so, badgers. Badger with me. Badger with you. Okay. Badger with me. Wombat with, wombat me, with wombat you. Wombat with me. Here we go. Emu with me. Whatever you want to do. It's so here's good. how it works. Here's how it works. So idea is combination. We've been talking about doing a Biker's Dice and Bars book club. Yes? Yes. Yeah. So we had a conversation a little while ago off the air about like, well, what would our first book be? And... I was thinking we got to start with something that's a little easier than like Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which we might do eventually, which I think we should do eventually. We should. But it's maybe like we got to have like a like a soft entrance or something. I don't know. But here's my idea. So my idea for the first book we do for the Biker's Biker's Dice and Bars book club is Sabriel. Okay. You mentioned this when we were discussing this off the air last yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because, partially because, I mean, the book's great, but partially because the audiobook is read by Tim Curry. And it's amazing. And it's fucking phenomenal. So here's my idea. Book club drinking game for Sabriel. Okay. So you drink anytime Mogget is sassy. You drink anytime Sabriel blushes. You drink anytime Touchstone is self-deprecating. You take a drink anytime the word charter mark is said. Charter magic, charter, charter mark. Magic, yeah. We could well, let's see. So that's an idea. Yeah, yeah, it's let's a good idea. No, it's a good book, and I think we should put that on the list Percolate. of candidates. Percolate on it. But yeah, book club. Something we want to kind of do, which would be fun. It would be a thing that we do at the end of each episode, kind of mm-hmm. check in on where people are. We're not starting it just yet. Not just give a yet. few yet. more episodes of stewing it over yeah. and talking about ideas. And we'll probably, we could even post a poll yeah. on our Patreon yeah, yeah, to see yeah. what people yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. And ahead of that poll, if you have any great books that you think would be good for us to consider putting in the poll, drop us a line. Let us know. We'd love to hear some feedback on great books to read. You know, I mean, I'm, I would love to read Art in the Motorcycle. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance for probably the 12th time. But, you know, there's other things out there. Our one caveat is that it has to be available on audiobook as well as in paperback so we can be accessible to everyone. I'm down with that. Yeah. I think Dune should be the first book. Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) 
While I agree with you, that's not fair to our co-host nor our audience. Drink, drink anytime there's internal monologue. Oh, wow. Uh, drink anytime the word you see the word spice. <laughs> and drink anytime that the spice is specifically geriatric. Anyway, uh, I think we should go ahead and close this out. Thanks for listening, folks. We appreciate your patronage. We appreciate the interest that you put in our show, and we also appreciate our patrons. Thanks for those who are helping us out. We appreciate you. You who are listening right now. Yes, you. Brandon. Greg. <laughs> Jeremy. Ranger. Oh, Ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't remember names. I used to just like to have the joke that Greg was our listener, but I think Brandon should get a call out every now and then, yeah. too, because he's great. Morpheus. Yeah. But thanks for giving us a listen. Thanks for joining. No, and thanks. <laughs> I'm running out of words. Someone take over. Take a drink anytime we sing. <laughs> I cut so much of that out, too. Oh, damn it. Thanks for giving us a listen, folks. As usual, you've been listening to Biker's Ice and Bars recorded here in Portland, Oregon. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Discord, where we invite you to come join us. And have a good conversation. Tell us about your favorite books. And if you don't know where to find our Discord, drop us a line on the Facebook group and we'll point you in the right direction. I recently found out that some people don't know how to find our Discord. So just drop us a line. We'll point you in the right direction. And if you've got this in your podcast or just take a look at the notes, all the links are there. Or just go to breakfastpuppies.com slash Discord. Anyway... Hope to see you there. In the meantime, as usual, I'm NPC. I'm just Jacob. I am Poppy Beaujolais. And we wish to remind you. I always keep a shiny side up. May your dice always roll crit. Always tip your bartender and always, always drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. Please always drink responsibly. Xander's not here. We don't yeah, know what to do. We're, 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 we're off. Oh, Xander, come back to us. Thanks for listening. And... Thanks for joining us, friends.